Today, we're looking at our spiritual life and introducing five areas where we should be focusing if we want to see consistent progress in our spiritual life. Welcome to Run With Horses. My name is Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. The spiritual battles we all face are very real. The battles of the future will require us to be growing and trusting God even more than we do today. How can you be the person that you need to be to face the challenges of the future? Well, one way is to apply consistent attention to your spiritual health. That means play, applying attention to your spiritual growth. But your overall spiritual health is affected by more than just your prayer and Bible reading. So let's look at a few areas that need attention for us to be all that God intends for us to be. Now, God brings to life those who were once dead. And that life has a lot of different aspects. And really here on Run With Horses, we're primarily concerned with that spiritual aspect, the spiritual life. But that does mean considering how does that influence the rest of our life, all the other little details. It does make a difference what you eat and what you do on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> That's part of your spiritual life. So today we want to kind of break it down get an overview of a few of these big categories, big areas of life. And then the next few shows, we're going to look at each one of these individually and consider how to make intentional efforts to grow in that area. Well, what are we talking about? What are the areas? Well, overall spiritual life, that's one. Mental life, that's another one. And by that, we mean your, your thought life. And we'll come back to that in a second. We'll define these in a minute. But our spiritual life, our mental life, our physical life, the the physical body that we, we live in, our relational life, we have other people in our lives, and our emotional life, our, our feelings, how we emotionally process things. These five things, spiritual, mental, physical, relational, and emotional, all of these are important parts of this person that God has made you. And all of those parts can use intentional attention from us as we follow Jesus. Now, we're going to look at each one separately, but today, let's just get an overview and consider what each one of these is and maybe a little bit of how it influences the whole. So really, a lot of today, we'll be looking at some examples and definitions of these things. Before we do, though, it's important, I think, to recognize that um, balance is kind of an important thing. So even as we look at these five, uh, and by balance, we mean everything in its proper place, not everything even are all the same. Uh, that's, that's not balance. Balance is everything in the place that God intends for it to be. So as we look at these five things, let's recognize that they're not all equally important, but they're all important. If you neglect any of these five, then I think you'll be unhealthy. But if you put all of your energy into any one of these five, I also think you'll be unhealthy. And I know that sounds strange when we started out with saying your spiritual life. We said, well, if you put all your energy into your spiritual life, how could you be unhealthy? Well, you also have a relational life. And I understand there is a, a way of looking at this where we could say that 
the spiritual life includes everything. And really, that's the way that I, I typically view it. But for the purpose of this conversation, of this series, we're looking at the spiritual life a little bit narrower than I typically would look at it, because I do believe your spiritual life really includes all of this. There's no separation of your spiritual life from your physical life or from your relational life, from your emotional life. Your spiritual life should influence and direct all of these different areas. So I understand that, and I think some people would get upset if you try to separate these out. But to talk about them, for the sake of this conversation, we, we need to kind of make some distinctions. That may be artificial, but we need to, to do that for the purpose of this conversation. So we're going to start by looking at the spiritual life, kind of separate from other. What, we, what do we mean by that? What aspect of this life that we live are we talking about? We're talking about our life lived in Jesus, our communion with God, the things that makes up our our spirituality, uh, our religion, if you want to use that word. There are the basics that we always talk about, uh, prayer, spiritual community, Bible knowledge. I think those are three ways of looking at it, three aspects of your devotional time with God. There's another way that you could look at three areas of spirituality. And you, by this, you might, might say doctrine, Uh, would be one. And doctrine is the basic teachings. So what do I believe? What do I understand to be true? My, My doctrine. What is my doctrine? So I'll need to understand that as part of my spiritual life. And this is one reason why it's easy to say that really the spiritual life is the the whole and includes all the other ones, because our doctrine, our teaching that we understand to be true from God's Word, really has something to say about all of these other aspects. And as we get into each of the next five shows and we look at each one of these individually, we will be going back and looking at Scripture for most of these, uh, as long as I remember to do that. Uh, Scripture talks about all of these, our mental life, our physical life, our relational life, our emotional life. All these are part of uh, a balanced believer who is, has everything in its proper place and understands that God, physical life, for example, God created me. He gave me a physical life. That's part of my doctrine to understand that my physical life comes from Him. All of our, remotion, our relational life really is uh, heavily influenced, heavily directed by our doctrine. If we understand that God made people. So the way that I relate to other people really is anchored in my doctrine, the the things that I believe and understand the Bible teaches about relationships. So doctrine is a hugely important aspect of our spiritual life, particularly thinking about where do you get what you believe from? Where do you come up with that? It's an interesting conversation sometimes with people who have very eclectic doctrine. They, they have taken different teachings, different things that they've heard, or in some cases, I think, just made up on their own. And now they believe it and they consider it part of their doctrine, part of their teaching, part of what they believe to be true. Well, where did they come up with all these? And you ask them, and sometimes people will give you this complicated 
process of, well, I learned this from this one person, this from somebody else, and then I put this in because I, I felt like this was lacking, and they're, they're actually trying to build a cohesive <clears throat> worldview, a doctrine, from scratch, from random bits of information available on the Internet, different books they've read, different people they've talked to. And for me, as someone who I, I really believe that the Bible is true, the Creator God is real. Jesus is who He says He is. It's much simpler. <laughs> Doctrine really is what God says is true. It's not based on my own knowledge, my own experience. Uh, it's based on God and what He has said to be true. So that's important. We think about our spiritual life. Where do you come up with your doctrine? How do you discover and understand truth? Second part of that thinking about three areas of spirituality, doctrine, the second one's affection or love. So what do you love? Who do you love? Who do you live for? So as a, a believer, as we look at God's Word, we understand that we understand love because of God. Without God, I don't know that you can really understand what love is. We have uh, some things that you can sort of call love that you see in the world, but true love is really exhibited in Christ. So when we think about our relationship with other people and going back to how these are connected, because of my understanding of who God is, because of how He has loved me and I have benefited from His love of me, then I can actually love other people. But primarily my spiritual life, this love is anchored in in God and is fully, is fully realized in the life of Jesus particularly in the gospel, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It is in this amazing act, this selfless act, that we understand what, what love is. And because we have experienced this love, we're actually able to love other people. Without God, without this love, without the work that Jesus did on the cross for me, I don't have the ability to love other people. Technically, I'm spiritually dead, so I don't have, uh, when we consider that this affection, this love is part of our, our spiritual life, it's anchored in our spiritual life, the dead can't really love this way. We have a, a similar um, version of love, a kind of love that we see in like a mother for a child quite often, but it is different than this love that God has for us. Uh, the third one, so we have doctrine, affection, and experience. When we think about our spirituality, when we think about our spiritual life, we have the basic teachings, we have where we place our affections, and then we have the experiences that we've had. Now, if you're like most people, somewhere in your testimony, in your, um, in your life story, you have experienced a time, a time in your life when you came to know God, when you came to understand that He is real, when you met Jesus. And that was an experience that you had. Now, by that, I don't mean, a, you know, lights flashing and thunder rolling and all that. You know, some people, it was a, a big experience. There was a lot involved in it uh, because of their time of life, because of the situation surrounding it. Others, it was a quiet moment in a church. But either way, they experienced a change. 
they, there was a moment, a time, when they placed their faith from the own self, from me trying to do it myself and trying to handle my own problems. I, I placed my faith in Jesus and said, I can't do it. I trust you to do it. And every person has experienced that. That's part of our spiritual life. Now you have along with that in our spiritual life, all of the other experiences that we've had that relate to our spiritual life. So for many of us, there were people involved who taught us. So maybe that helped us to understand a biblical truth in a different way. And part of that experience was helping us to think differently. So it's related to our mental life as well. It's related to our affection uh, as we learn how much that God loved us. So with the teaching, the doctrine uh, tells us about the love of God, which changes our love for God and for other people. And we begin to experience this as we experience uh, spiritual community. It's one of those foundational things that's part of our spiritual life. We experience the love of other people who come alongside us and care for us and invest in our life. That's part of this spiritual community. That's all part of our experience. Maybe you have, as part of your spiritual life, part of your spiritual experience, you have uh, experimented with spiritual disciplines. Then that becomes part of your spiritual experience. If you spent time in fasting and time in prayer, time in, in solitude and silence, as you've done that, and you've got to know God better, okay, that becomes part of your story. So doctrine, affection, and experience, this is all part of your spiritual life. Now, the rest of it, we're going to look at, all of these relate to our spiritual life, but we're going to separate them out just for the sake of kind of having a, uh, a common language to talk about these things. But think about our mental life. So by our mental life, we're including our emotional, psychological, and then different social aspects as well. It, it really comes down to how we think, feel, and act. And there's some overlap. There's a lot of overlap in all of these. That's what I always come back to, and I have a hard time keeping these separated. But we said we, it's how we think, feel, and act. But feel really is related to our emotional life. So we will understand that there's a lot of overlap between our thinking and our feeling. Our acting, our thinking, our feeling are really tied up together. Altogether, these determine how we do everything from handle stress, how we relate to other people, uh, how we make choices that we need to make. This is going to include our, our education. Um, it's going to include different relationships that we've had. So even now, when we think about our mental life, it includes our relational life because a lot of the way that you think is impacted by your family, by your, your neighbors, by the way that you grew up, by the people that you grew up around. So the way that you think, the way that you process emotions uh, is, again, it's tied to your emotional life. It's also tied to your physical life, your, your ability to handle stress. Uh, definitely is impacted by the way that you think, the way that you feel, but also by the choices that you make in your physical life. Now, the things that you eat, your exercise, or lack thereof, do impact your mental life, your mental health, the choices that you make to get an education to study or not study. You know, I went to school with people where we took the same class, and we were in the same class for a whole year in, say, high school. 
But out of 25 people in a classroom, everyone didn't come away with the same education. Everyone's mental life was not stimulated in the same way. Why is that? Well, some people went, went in and chose to apply real effort and mental effort at that time, and they learned a lot from that, and they prepared for future steps. Others chose not to really apply a lot of effort, and in some cases it, it really impacted the rest of their, their decisions, the rest of their choices. In others, it meant they had to come back and do it again to consider, uh, do I want to make that same choice a second time? And this is true as you go through, through life. You have had opportunities to learn. And every opportunity you have to learn ultimately is going to affect your mental life. It's going to affect how you think. And how you think then will impact how you feel, how you act. All three of these together will, to a great degree, impact your relational life, your emotional life, and your spiritual life. So your mental life is a huge component in being a spiritually healthy person. Now the next one, uh, a lot of people don't really include their physical life. Your physical body is a big part of their spiritual life, but it's really important. From From conception to our last breath, we are physical beings. We are anchored in a physical body. We don't have control, really, over much of our physical life. We like to think that we do. And there are people that spend inordinate amounts of money and time on uh, exercise equipment and uh, diets and all of these different things, which do make a difference. Our choices absolutely influence our health and our ability to do things. Exercise and diet, I think, are very important. However, in the grand eternal scheme of things, we have very little control over our physical life or much of anything else, (laughs) that doesn't mean they have no value. And again, when we look at how all five of these relate to each other, if I make poor choices in my physical life, diet and exercise, it will affect the way that I think. You know, if I uh, don't get exercise, I'm going to handle stress poorly. Handling stress poorly bleeds over into my relational life. It impacts the people that I'm around if I'm not dealing with stress well. And if I'm not dealing with stress well, I'm probably also not relating to God well. It will impact my spiritual life. I may make poor choices like not feeling well and being kind of grumpy and deciding I don't want to be part of a spiritual community today. Well, okay, that's going to make a difference in my spiritual life. And then that will impact my mental life, my emotional life, and every other aspect. So it's not that our physical life is uh, the most important, but it's also not that it's absolutely unrelated. It is important. It's just not the most important. But absolutely, your choices related to your physical life impact the rest of your life, which means it affects your spiritual life, your spiritual growth, your spiritual health. So I encourage you, and we'll get into this a little later, to make healthy choices in diet and exercise. Now, more important and much much easier to understand how this impacts your spiritual life 
is the fact that we have a relational life. We are interconnected from birth to death. We are part of a community. So family and community throughout our lives play an important part, huge role in our lives. We are meant, we are created to connect with others on a personal and emotional level. You know, good, strong, fulfilling relationships uh, help us to be healthy in all of these other areas. When you think about the relationships in your life, for most of us, a big part of our spiritual life was one of these relational connections. Some person reached out to us, some person invested in us, and helped us to understand uh, who God is. That was a huge role in our spiritual life. So our relational life uh, clearly plays a role in our spiritual life, in our mental life, mental life, in our thought process. You know, often when you find yourself in a, uh, a rabbit hole and you're mentally going down the drain, your relationships, if you have healthy relationships, friends and family, people who will come alongside you and love you enough to point out that you're, you're not thinking clearly, that can be hugely helpful if we're willing to listen. Our mental stability, uh, our mental health really is impacted by these relationships, this interconnection, these relationships that we have are really important. We need people. We need them uh, to help us to process grief and pain. We need them to help us make decisions about big choices in life. Uh, we need people just to listen sometimes. And we need to talk through the, the difficulties of life, the things that we're struggling with, uh, the things that we're worried about. You know, often sitting down and talking to a reasonable person who loves us is enough for us to go, oh yeah, that's that's not as uh, big a concern as I was, I was thinking about. I'm, I don't need to worry about that. There are different kinds of relationships when we think about how interconnected we are. I, I honestly believe our spiritual life, our spiritual relationships, the, that spiritual community, the church is so important. Even within that, we have different kinds of relationships. You know, you need to have mentors. You need to have people who are investing in you and helping you be what God wants you to be. You need to have coworkers, people who you are serving alongside, people who you're working together with. Uh, and you need to have friends, just people who maybe they're not actively serving with you, but they're there when you need them. They're people that you can talk to. They're people who will listen uh, no matter what. They're, they're there. They love you. They care for you. Uh, we need all different kinds of relationships. One of the things that means, and, and we'll come back to this uh, in a, a few shows, it means we need to give. Other people also need those relational uh, benefits. They need people to listen to them. They need people to help them understand where their, their thought processes are not going in a good direction. And even when we think about the interplay between our relational life and our physical life, it's been proven over and over again that you're much more likely to stick with an exercise program or a new, develop new eating habits if you're doing it with other people. And I think this is true in all areas of life. If you want to make good, healthy choices, particularly choices that require change, you're going to do that much better if you do it with other people. And I think it's one reason why the spiritual community, the church, is so important. 
we have things that we recognize and know that we want to do and need to do in our life to help us to grow, we would do that better, more consistently with other people. That's the way that it works. Uh, We need people. Well, the last one is our emotional life. And there are many different kinds of emotional skills, and a lot of people would refer to this as emotional intelligence. Example of these skills might be things like your emotional regulation, not just letting your emotions fly to the surface at the the drop of a hat. Uh, Gratitude, empathy, kindness. Uh, All of these are different aspects of emotional skills that we need if we're going to relate well to other people. Now, one of the things we have to recognize is that feelings should not lead us. Now, often they do, not usually well. If you let, if you let your feelings lead the way, quite often they will get you in trouble. Well, feelings don't lead us, but they do impact us a lot. They greatly influence the way you think about people and the way you think about different decisions, the way you think about yourself. Uh, feelings are there. They're real. They're important. They're often uh, part of a warning system that we have that, that something's not quite right. But one of the problems that many people face is that feelings lead the way most of the time. They don't have this emotional regulation where they're able to say, hey, I'm feeling this, but why? And, and able to process what is actually causing this? They just feel it and let it to, and let those feelings instantly impact their actions. Now, years and years ago, one of the first sermons that I gave in Japanese, I talked about the gospel bullet train, which is a modification of uh, the gospel train, which is maybe something you've heard of, but you have the, the engine at the front, and then you have a couple of cars and then the caboose at the back. And many people, the engine is their feelings. You know, if they don't feel it, they don't do it. Uh, The feelings lead the way in their life. And that's really not the way it's supposed to be. So I I drew this picture and used it as an illustration for this, this sermon. said, really, the engine is supposed to be truth. And here we go back to our spiritual life. We looked at doctrine. Doctrine, truth is meant to be the engine that guides us, that leads the way. And we have truth, but what do we do with it? Well, we're supposed to believe truth. Faith is the thing that says, this is true, and I acknowledge this is true, and I'm, I'm going to put uh, some capital in it. I'm going to put myself, stand on this truth. So truth leads the way. Uh, faith connects the rest of our life to that truth. And then what's, what often happens is that people uh, maybe put their feelings next, uh, and the caboose would be their actions. So you have truth, and you, you believe that truth, but because your feelings are not exactly in line, you don't actually do anything with it, and that can be a problem. So your emotional life is important but it should not lead the way. And we'll come back to things like that later. So thanks for joining me today. If you have thoughts or questions about your spiritual life, write me at norman at runwithhorses.net. I'd love to hear from you. You know, our lives are complicated, but uh, all five of these things uh, interact in many ways. 
It's good to remember that God is using all of them in the process of sanctification and preparing us for the day we meet Him face to face. Until that day, don't stop. Keep running. <laughs>